Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Isn't it a great day in Lynchburg? I know a lot of people don't think so. But if you're alive, it was a great day in Lynchburg. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Today, we're starting a new series. And today is the first message of that series. The series is titled, You Can Be Worry-Free. God gave me this message. Oh, I guess about two or three months ago or so. Uh, along with two or three others. And it was for me because he says that you have to stop sinning, Willie. I said, well, wait a minute. I'm not sinning. I'm not, you know, I know your commandments. I know what your word says. How am I sinning? He says, because you worry. You worry too much. And that's where we're going. And he said, I want you to work on that with my Holy Spirit. We're going to work on it. And I want you to share it also with those who anybody you talk to. Do you realize that about 80 percent of the people worry about things that never come to pass. Yeah, about about 85 percent of the people. And I don't want to be a statistic. I want to be obedient. I want to be do what God tells me to do. And when he says that I want you to do this, I said, okay, God, then what does it look like? How can I do this thing? So the title of the message today is, How Can I Be Worry-Free? Now, we know we can be worry-free because he told us that. He told us we, we want to be, he said, don't worry. So we know that's true. Now, let me... Let me kind of define worry a little bit. Worry, and I choose to use worry instead of anxious, like anxiety. Now, what I'm not talking about in this message is people who have, uh, need, a, need a, a doctor there clinically, uh, have maybe anxiety attacks, they have, uh, they, uh, they have medical problems. Maybe physical, maybe mental. I'm not talking about that today. I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm not talking about that today. And I'm not going to talk about that. Because um, we can think that, well, if I don't worry about anything, then it means that I don't care about anything. So why do anything? No. 
we need to be responsible. God has called us to be responsible. So I want to be responsible, but I don't want to worry. Now, worry means in Greek to to be careful, uh, to be troubled, uh, to fret, and really is to take things too far. It's like I said, well, I'm concerned. Father, it's okay to be concerned. It's okay to be concerned, but not take concern over too far where it's into worrying. That's all you think about. That's all you talk about is this thing. I'm never worried about things I don't care about. I don't. And I don't think you either. I worry about things that I care about. And usually... Those things that I worry about, those are things that I can't do anything about. And I supposedly give them to God. And as I give them to God, I have my idea of how he should do it. So I still worry about, well, he didn't do it this way. Well, how is he going to do the thing, you know? How's he going to do it? So another word for worry is to be overly concerned about something. And you know, I know, and God knows that all of us have reasons, and if we don't now, we will have them, to be overly concerned about something. The last time I addressed the congregation, it was down there, and I said that uh, I was going to the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill as a second opinion because my oncologist here uh, didn't know how to um, pick my weight up for me to gain weight. He just said, eat more. And I, I had lost 50 pounds, and I was eating three meals a day, and he said, eat more. And I said, <laughs> I said, Doc, I can't eat enough to gain weight. I'm losing five pounds every week, and sometimes more. And if I gain one, I lose three. And I don't know what to do. And so I, I told you all that. And um, and so they that's that's where I've been going, and they helped me um, in December, starting in December, and I have gained. I was one. I think I was about one twenty at a time. Now I, I don't even know whether I was that little when I was born, <laughs> but <laughs> but. I look really pitiful. I'm serious. I look in the mirror, and I, it, was, it was a sad, sad, sad situation. And Minerva got me this coat for Christmas. This first time I wore it, and it's too little. And so I said, "Well, you know, praise God, praise God." Uh, so I went to the oncologist uh, 
Friday and I weighed 160. So God is good. God is good. But that is an occasion for worry, isn't it? Uh, Because I knew that if I kept losing weight, I was going to die. And unfortunately, and fortunately, I had people praying. Unfortunately, and sometimes people would pray, but they would say negative things. Uh, but fortunately, we have people who will pray and think positive things. And so I'm so grateful uh, to the prayer warriors. Yeah. And I'm devotionally reading Revelation and listening to Revelations, both of them, and both listening and and reading. And the bowls of incense, the prayers of the saints, is very important. Very important. So uh, keep praying. Keep praying. Uh, my oncologist told me, he said, man, you might need to lay low uh, today because he... When I was getting treatment, he said, you know, why you got your bag? You, you going, you going to work somewhere? I said, no, I'm, I'm just uh, studying from a message on on Sunday. He said, you might need to lay low. With this virus coming, you know your system is, is low, you know, your immune system. It's been low since 2003 because that's when I was diagnosed with leukemia. And, yes, I know it's low. Yes, in 2019, I went to the hospital four times. I know that with pneumonia three times. I know that. But that's not going to deter me from doing what God has called me to do. Because I read something different in his word which we're going to talk about a little bit today, is that how can I be worry-free? Because I didn't worry about, I, I didn't worry about whether I was going to die. I just spoke the word. I will not die, but live to proclaim, you know, the, the works of God. The word is the most important thing. That the word be, word be true and every man a liar. So, we got to choose to do what God tells us to do. So how can you be worry-free? How can you be worry-free? How can you not be overly concerned about something? And I could ask you, what are things people worry about? Everything under the sun. If you really think about it, it depends on what they're going through. They, they can worry about, you know, the children. We're about the health, we're about a job, we're about a lot of different things. But how can we be worry-free? Well, I'm going to give you three things today of how we can be worry-free. Now, this is, this is the beginning, the foundation message. Because when I asked God, because he told me you were, you were too much, you're sinning. You're in sin. So quit it. I said, how do I stop 
worrying when people are important to me. Things are important to me. My family is important to me. My wife is important to me. You're important to me. How can I not worry about things? And I know you've never asked that question because you probably don't worry. You're probably in that maybe 15% that don't ever worry about anything. But I'm in that 95%. And God says, stop it. Stop worrying about things. So I, I, I worry, and, and most, most parents are like that. They worry about their children more than they worry about themselves. <laughs> and I said, well, and I do, I do. I'm not worried about no leukemia and dying, and, and you know, I'm not worried about coronavirus. I'm not worried about anything because what can I do about it? Do I have, look under here, I got a cure. No. What can you do about it? The only thing we can do is be responsible. You know, like I told um, somebody, said, they said, Rebecca uh, had whatever you said you had, bronchitis. I said, when did she know that? I was hugging her last Sunday. <laughs> I said, she hugged me. And she said, she don't mind me on some little low, low level. What is the, what's wrong with that child? You know, what's the deal? Well, see, a lot of times we're sick and we don't know it until it manifests the symptoms. And that's, that's probably what it is. I know you didn't come to church, so you know what? Oh, the pastor at church, so I'm going to hug him because I know I got bronchitis. <laughs> no, she didn't know until later on. And say, I have to have trust enough that God's going to protect me. That's what I have to have trust enough. But I still need to be responsible. I'm not going to hug you today. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, not shaking hands, keeping distance, doing all the responsible things that I need to do in order to uh, protect you, protect uh, me, protect uh, Lynchburg and, 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 and the whole United States because one person can get it and spread and spread and keep spreading different things. So everyone is, has to be responsible enough to do their part. So that's what I want to do. The first thing of the three, how can I, how can you be worry-free? First of all, let me ask you. Do you want to be worry-free, or do you really love worrying? Does anybody here love worrying? Because if you do, you love sinning. See, because because the, the, the first foundation step in becoming worry-free is that you got to know that it is a command of God, to be worry-free. That's a command of God. And it's in Scripture. It's in Scripture. Let's look at it. Let's look in Philippians chapter 4. Let's start in verse 6. Let's start there.
anxious for nothing. They'll stop there. <laughs> now, I know you probably need a Greek dictionary <laughs> to, to find out what does he mean. Let me, let me get a lexicon. Let me get all my study tools out to find out what does he mean. Well, I told you anxious means to be overly concerned, to be careful, to be troubled, uh, to fret. And fretting is constantly invisible worrying. He says, be worried about nothing. Don't worry about anything. And some different versions will say it differently, but that's what it means. Don't worry about anything. My New American Standard, that's what I read out of and teach out of. It says, be anxious for nothing. So don't be worried about anything. Don't be worried about anything. So is that a command or just a suggestion? That's a command. How many of you love the word now? Because he says, don't worry about anything. And that's scripture. So within this, these verses from verse 4 to verse 9, let's talk about that just a little bit. Because the first step is to know that it is a command. So therefore, if I know it's a command, then I know when he says, stop sinning. The only way is sin if it's, if it's against the word of God, against what he said. And so I've been uh, doing things against the word of God. Is there anybody here like me? Uh, because I've been worried about some things that I couldn't do anything about. But I could do something. I could be responsible enough to do something. And I did what I could. But if it doesn't happen when I want it to happen, how I want it to happen, then I'm still worried because it's still happening. You know, it could be a job. It could be um, anything. It could be relationships. It could be anything. Is it scripture? Is it scripture, saints? Let's keep going. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, supplication is just a a, a petition. It's a, it's specific uh, prayer. You're giving them specifically what you want. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, that's very important, with thanksgiving. And thanksgiving here is, is telling us that we need to be grateful. And sometimes what we do, we will pray and forget to be grateful to let God know we're grateful for what he's already done. So he says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. 
That's what we need to do. The second step is to memorize these verses and do what they say. Verse 4, which we, verse 6, what we just went over, it says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And please don't forget thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with gratitude. The next thing that we want to emphasize in this particular group of scriptures, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. Now, the peace of God, can we agree that the peace of God is total tranquility? I mean, it's no, it's no anxiousness, it's no anxiety, it's no uh, being careful, it's no threatened, it's no nothing in the peace of God. And, 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 and you know the scripture, I think you know it, says, you know, basically that God has given us peace. His peace he's given us. Hasn't he? This is, this is in, 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 in the scripture now, in, in the gospel of John. He says that I've given you my peace. Let, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. So, how is the peace of God? Matter of fact, God is the prince of peace. The prince of peace. So, if he gives you his peace, what should we be worried about if he gives us his peace? So, he says that his peace surpasses all comprehension, all understanding. You can't even understand his peace. This peace is supernatural. This is not no, uh, everything's going good today. I got peace. Yeah. It's not one of these things that, you know how we say is sometimes that, you know, I have a peace about it. What do you mean you have a peace about it? Well, I prayed, and I just have a peace about it. Hey, but it's against Scripture. <laughs> you still got peace about it? Well, it surpasses all understanding. And when I look at that, I said, God, you're trying to teach me how to be worry-free. You're saying that you have given me peace, not that the world gives, that you give. And see, the world gives peace when things are going well. Yeah. If things are going okay, you got peace. Versus they told you when you went to the hospital, you know, because you didn't know what was wrong with your knee. Because I talked to you, you know, you, you didn't know why things saw her. So her and they, if they said, I got to amputate. Call your wife and children. We're going to amputate. And you, you probably say, I'm not worried about it. Hey, no problem. 
I don't need but one. <laughs> There's no way you'd have been a happy camper if you know they're going to amputate your, your leg. See, God's peace is a peace that surpasses my understanding of, of bad things happening. And I can say, well, God, is this what you want? The doctor says I have gangrene, and, 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 and they're gonna, I'm going to die if they don't amputate. I think I still be worried. <laughs> but there again, he's trying to teach me, don't worry about anything because I've given you peace. My peace I've given you, and it surpasses understanding. Don't worry about uh, uh, what, what's going on. You just got to know whether it's my will. If it's my will, then you can have peace about this situation. Because this kind of peace it says, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that God is like a garrison. That God is like, like somebody standing on God with a gun and, and not letting anybody come in this particular subdivision because they don't want anybody coming in because they're quarantined and everybody in there. So don't even try to come in there. They're on guard. They are guarding. This peace guards our hearts and our minds. So I don't have to be concerned about my mind going wild on me because my mind does that sometimes. A lot of times when, when something bad happens, I'm thinking of all the bad things that could happen. And, and, and you all probably been that way when you're in, in school. Uh, you get a note that says, come to the principal's office. You automatically know that the principal don't call people, you know, especially the system principal, for, for you know, uh, for, for good stuff. Why does he want me? I wonder if he's going to expel me from school for something. I wonder if somebody accused me of anything. All these thoughts come across our mind. And you remember I said 85% of those things don't come to pass anyway. And God says that, hey, I'm going to guard your emotions. I'm going to guard your, your thinking. I'm going to give you this peace. Now, that comes with me praying. I don't have to do anything for it, but believe it. That's why it's supernatural, because he gives it to us. But we're going to have to ask God with thanksgiving to receive it. Then, verse 8 tells us then what to think on, because God already knew back when this was penned, he already knew that our mind's going to run away with us. He already knew that Satan is going to put stuff in our mind. He already knew that. So he says that, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report or good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell, dwell on these things. I said, now, that's a mouthful, God. Because what you want me to do is to stop thinking negative about situation and things and people. 
That's what you want me to do. That's hard to do. Hard to do. Would you agree? It's hard to do. But he says that if you think on these things, then he says that his peace is going to be with you. Because in the next next verse, verse 9, he said, the things you have learned, received, heard in me, and seen in me, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. That's what he says. Okay. This supernatural peace will be with me if I would do these things. So I suggest to you, if you don't already have it memorized, memorize, memorize these four verses. Memorize them. Because it'll help us to be worry-free. It really will. Because I automatically know that my oncologist said, you better lay low. You might need to lay low. And I said, well, thank you, sir. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. You're the same one who told me I need to eat more to gain weight when I was losing all these, these pounds. And you're going to let me die. That's what you're going to let me do. I'll seek my God. I'll see what God tell me to do. God didn't tell me to lay low today. Evidently, he didn't tell you to lay low today. Because <laughs> you're here. <laughs> but I want to not worry. I want to be like God. I don't, I don't picture my God worried about things. Do you think he's worried about it? No. I don't think he's sitting there worried about whether you're going to catch something today. I don't think he's worried about that. I really don't. So number one was that if we're going to be worry-free, we need to know that it's, it's scripture. It's a command of God. And when you know that, you can start now, okay, God, Tell me what to do then. Tell me what to do because I don't know what this looks like to be worry-free. I've never been worry-free. I've always worried about something. Really. When I was little, I worried about something because I couldn't talk. When I was little, my, my, my aunt used to send me to the store with a note to the store owner. And back then, you had neighborhood stores in the neighborhood, and they uh, give you credit. And you pay every month to pay it off, you know. And my, I call her grandma, my, my big mom, I call her big mom, she would send me to the store with a note because I couldn't talk. Well, I could talk, but just nobody could understand me. So uh, I took speech when I was in elementary school because I just couldn't talk. I don't know why. You might say, well, you can't talk now. <laughs> okay. It's all right. God's working on me. He's working on me. He's working on me, you know. So I've always been worried about something. You know, 
And I said, God, show me what this looks like. How do I do it? If you want me to be worry free, help me. I cannot do it on my own. I've never done it on my own. Now, of course, of course, I didn't worry about a lot of things. Of course. Those are things I didn't care about. I didn't worry not one bit about it. But the things I cared about, I worried whether they're going to come to pass like I wanted to come to pass. Um, and, and that was all the way through high school. Or, you know, just, you know, I just worried about certain things. So memorize these. The third thing. What was the first? It was a commandment. It was a commandment. Second thing, memorize these set of scriptures and, and do them. Don't just memorize them because I had them memorized. I'm still worrying. But it wasn't a part of my life. It wasn't a part of my walk. And then the third thing is to seek to know God better. That's what, he, that's what he told me. The only reason you're worrying, William, the only reason you're worrying, because you don't trust me. I said, wait a minute. I trust you, Lord. Yeah, you trust me with things you don't care about. Yeah, I know you do. You trust me to a point. You remember he told the disciples, uh, oh, you of little faith. Right? He told Peter, why did you begin to doubt? Because he he was walking on water. I mean, that, I mean, that's a miracle itself. He was walking on water. But then when all the wind, all this stuff started coming up, and he began to sing, help me, Lord. So, Lord, help me. Lord. When did you begin to, why did you begin to doubt? He says the only reason you worry is because you don't trust me enough. So I want you to start. And that's the third thing. Start trusting me more. Seek to know me more, because the more you know a person, if they if they have some good attributes, the more you trust them. The more you trust them. I put an insert. I didn't put it in there, but um, it's in there. It should be in there. The the, the um, names of God. Do you have that insert? Okay. If you didn't get one, maybe. One of the ushers or somebody can get you one uh, because we're going to touch upon these for number three. This is the third thing. First thing was, it's a command of God. It is a command of God. It's in Scripture. The second thing is that memorize the Scriptures on, on this, which, of course, uh, we just went over Philippians 4, 6 through 9. And the third thing is, Seek to know him more. Now, when you start thinking, uh, you know, I had these and I, so I had these and others. These are not all the attributes and names of God. These are just some of the ones that I wanted to, to touch upon. I had them in my Bible. I had them in different places. So it's not that I didn't, didn't have these. But you can have these and still not know God. Because you don't dwell upon them. You don't meditate on them. He said, meditate on these things. Because you don't, you don't know me, and therefore you don't trust me. If you knew me, you would trust me. 
And he showed me, really showed me how weak my faith was when, when I had the brain surgery. He showed me that. He showed me that when you came out of this, you couldn't read, you couldn't tell time, you didn't know your numbers, you didn't know your address, you didn't know who was president, you didn't know nothing much. But I brought you through. And, and, and look, look what you were doing. Let me, just, let me just remind you, you were with the uh, physical therapist, not with the physical therapist, she was a, she was a therapist, but uh, she was the one who helped me to get things back to what I was doing. Uh, what do you call those? Occupational therapy. Yeah, that's what she was. She was an occupational therapist. Thank you. Sometimes, now, you know, some things I can't remember. Some people say, that's because you're getting old. I can't remember something either. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't had brain surgery. I said, well, I want to remember everything I need to remember, you know. But look at the first one, Elohim. Now, just in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God. Now, it's talking about Elohim. He is the creator. Do you understand, Willie? He's talking to me. Do you understand that I created everything that you see? Everything that will be is going to be created through me. So therefore, why are you why are you worried? I can put I can take a whole lot of dead people, a whole lot of people that that uh, have died, their bones dried up. They all bumming up in, in a in a valley. Y'all know the story. Or the bones dry. The bones are dry. And he tells the man of God, hey, prophesy over these bones. And, and we'll say, why should I prop, prophesy over some bones? What do, what, what, what do you think the bones going to do? God raised up a whole army that, was, that, that used to be but was not. But God did it. He said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will crowd. Can he make the rocks crowd? Yeah, he made the rocks crowd. Read the revelation. By everything that has breath, praise him. I said, yeah, you did create me. He says that I am who I am. He says that I'm omnipotent. If I'm not going to worry, I got to know that you're all powerful. That you, nothing is more powerful than you. Nothing, no one is more powerful than you. I got to know that because, see, Satan is trying to say, hey, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. Watch this. I can, I, can, I can do anything. And he can do some things, can he? Whatever God, you know, allows him to do. Whatever God says, don't do this, he doesn't do it. He can't do nothing apart from the permission of God. God 
is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. His power is eternal. There is no end to his power. And if you know that, and if I know that, I don't have to be concerned about what the doctors can't do, what my neighbors can't do, what my car can't do, what I can't do. He can do it. He can do it. He's all-powerful. He's good. He's good. There is no... (laughs) There is no end to his goodness. He is just good. I said, well, God is good. What, do you, what, what normal people say? All the time. You say. And he said, you, 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 you said that so many times until it got in crunch time. And then when crunch time came, you were crying. You were crying because you didn't know whether you would ever be able to read again. You, you wouldn't know whether you would be able to read the Bible so that's why uh, Randy gave me the iPod is so I can listen to it because I couldn't read it. And he said, that's light work for me. Light work. Now you think about it. He knows he's omniscient, right? He's omniscient. That's down there somewhere. He's omniscient. Okay, he knows. He knows everything. How in the world can can we not trust a God that knows every hair on your head? And this is talking about everybody in the universe, everybody in the world, everybody, everybody. You you can be combing your hair. All you know, people combing their hair all over the world, losing hair. He knows exactly how many hairs you still have on your head. Everywhere, everybody. Everybody, did you, you, you brush your hair this morning, Lord? You probably lost a, you know, a little twig there. But, <laughs> but I, I brushed mine too. But he knows how many you got and how many I got and how many per, person over Japan got. He knows everything. That's the God we serve. How in the world can we not trust a God like that? He's love. Well, I know he, he, I know he loves you, but does he love me? Wait a minute. God is a just God. There's no partiality with God. So how can you say he loves somebody else but doesn't love you? Well, he hasn't, you know, I've been going through this a long time. And since 2003, and I'm not healed yet. I wonder is his word true. Uh, or he just doesn't love me, but he loves somebody else that they got healed. But he hasn't healed me. Does he love me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does he love you? Absolutely. Whatever you're going through, he loves you. And he's up to something good because he's good. He can't be tempted with evil. Now, does he tempt anybody with evil? He is good. And so, therefore, I know that he's going to come through for me because he's been showing me all through the years that he's for me. And he really showed off to me when he saved my soul. Right? 
I mean, it take a lot to save this thing right here, you know. I'm telling you. I was a mess. But he saved my soul when I was yet a sinner. Why would he not give me all things now that I'm his? Yeah. He's Jehovah Rophe, isn't he? He's our healer. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He knows. He, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. I don't care if you go to the deepest ocean. He's there. He's, he's everywhere. He's merciful, isn't he? He's merciful. He's the sovereign God. He's over everything. He is in control of everything, everybody. Nothing exists unless God wants it to exist. He's wise. All the treasures of wisdom is hid, hid in Christ Jesus. He's faithful. He's a faithful God. He honors his covenant. He keeps covenant. He does not break covenant. You know, this, um, uh, this, this group of people said, hey, uh, we from a long ways off. Man, hey, check out our stuff, man. Look at uh, how, how old, you know, dried up it is, man. Look at clothes. Have, man, have, you know, make a covenant with us. And, of course, the man of God didn't pray and ask God about this thing. So he made a covenant with him. And then years later, somebody else broke covenant with the people, and God jumped on their case. And he said, why did you do that? A covenant was made with them, and they were not to be destroyed. God keeps covenant. And this was an ungodly you know, nation that did that. They lied about it. But he says that you made covenant, you're going to keep the covenant. And that's how he is. He keeps covenant. I don't care what Israel, does. Israel going to be saved. Because they're his. Israel is covenant people. So as soon as, as sooner or later, the, the line is going to be drawn when the, the Gentiles, us, and he's going to bring the, the Jews back in is going to be one. We're going to be one. He's full of grace. He's of interceding on our behalf. He said, now, you meditate on these. I mean, meditate, really meditate on these things. You know, take, take a, you know, a week, just meditate on one of them. Just meditate on them. Meditate on them. And it's going to increase your faith, your trust in me, because I'm trustworthy. I love you. I'm going to, I'm for you. And when you don't think, as the song says, I, th- I think that's the song, when, when, when you don't think I'm doing anything, like when you don't think I'm working, I'm working. And so he is too. And he's working on our behalf for good. He's working on your children's behalf for good. See, it might not look good right now. It might not look like there's no hope for you. But God is working. And he's working not only uh, for you. He has, he has more than you involved in this thing. When he's working on you, he's working on somebody else too that you, you're going to touch. He's thinking about the people that you're going to touch 
that he's going to put in your path because he brought you through. Because there's a scripture that says that uh, God, uh, he is going to bring you through things, and you are going to now be a testimony uh, to others. He said, comfort others with the comfort I've comforted you with. That's one scripture. And he, he says that, you know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work in your life. I'm going to work in the people around your lives. And I'm going to bring you through this thing. And I'm going to bring you through in good fashion. That's what he said he's going to do. Uh, in, I think, the, the book of, um, oh, I think it's James, it says that, that, um, that he is a God. That he, I think he starts off similar like, be careful for nothing. You know, he doesn't want us to be careful. He says that he says we're going to we're going to go through various trials. So he says, count all joy when you go when you go into various trials. The scriptures come back to me. I said, oh, God. Man, I said, the scripture says I'm beating all around this thing, but it's not it. OK, it's, it's James. He says that he that's what he says. <laughs> he says that. Count all joy when you fall into dire temptation, various trials. Because the trying of your faith, the trying of your faith, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. The trying of your faith, which is more precious now. It's more precious than, than, than gold. Because gold is tried in fire. But our, our faith is more precious than gold. He says the trying of your faith. So anything you go through, anything I'm going through, know that he's trying your faith. You're trusting him. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Why are you worried if you trust me? Don't worry. The trying of your faith works what? Patience. That's perseverance. It works perseverance. It works perseverance. So therefore, you already know by the scripture that when you get in a trial, it's going to last a while. It's going to last a while. Why? Because he's trying to work Patience. Then it says, let patience have this perfect work that you be perfect and tired, one and nothing. So I know that what I'm going through, I got to go through it for a while. But after a while, he's going to put a stop to it. He'll say, enough. Enough. Didn't he do that with Job? Job didn't know exactly, why is he doing this? Why, why? And his friends, they already, already, you sin, Job. No, no, no. He was blameless, God said. So, but sooner or later, God ended. Because another scripture said, have you seen the end of Job? What I did to Job. He's going to bring us through this thing. And, but realize when you're in the midst of it, know that I'm working on something, God, because you're working on something. So what I'm going to work on is my character being more like you. And so, therefore, what's going to happen is that I'm going to come out of this thing stronger. I'm going to come out of this thing more like you because you're going to leave me in it long enough to develop things. The Holy Spirit is not going to allow the enemy that has control of me because another scripture says that, you know, uh, that you, whoever, he's a blessed the man who, who considers the, the helpless, the poor, because I will go, I'll help you in your time of trouble. I will protect you and I'll keep you alive. That's a scripture in Psalm. So 
the part of the scripture. So I know these things. When I'm in it, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good in some cases. But, hey, God is at work. So don't worry. Don't worry about anything. This is the first foundation. Another message will come, by, come through uh, next week with Virgil. Uh, Virgil going to give that message. We're still on the, on the topic. We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. We can be worry-free. So he's going to bring one. And then uh, somebody else is going to bring one. Don't laugh because I can't pronounce your name like you're supposed to. <laughs> Khalid, he's, he's going to bring another one. Then I'll come back with another one. So anyway, uh, these messages are very important because God says to me, stop worrying, you're in sin. And I know he's saying to you, stop worrying, you're in sin. And you can stop worrying. You can. Um, we're going to close in prayer. And that clock probably is an hour slow. No, probably an hour fast, isn't it? That clock an hour fast? What do you think? It's an hour behind. It's 12 o'clock? Oh. Ooh. That's interesting. Uh, Lord, Lord, we're going to end in prayer. Is it okay if we end in prayer? One of the things is that we need to, anything we're concerned about, we need to uh, pray about it, right? And so we're going to give you an opportunity because uh, we know that people are afraid to do things. Today, because of the coronavirus, they're afraid. They're, they're, people, there's a lot of afraid people, I mean, fearful people, I'm telling you, all over Lynchburg, all over, they're, they're, they're afraid. You know, they said, well, you can't even get bathroom tissue from, from, well, somebody done got it all out. <laughs> Man, people afraid. So we're going to end in prayer, okay? We're in the service in prayer, so uh, let me give you this right here. And then we'll call the person up to close the Oh, I'd like to um, read a scripture starting out. Um, God says to um, bring his word to remembrance when we pray. And um, Pastor Willie, he, um, the message that he preached today is our prayers, is our intercession, because everything he's speaking about is what we're living now and what we're going through today, this moment. And I just uh, want to read this word right here. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It says, If I say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. And thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction 
that wasteth at noonday. It says, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right side, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only thine eyes shall behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague, any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee and keep thee in all thy ways. So I want to um, ask everybody just to take a moment. As Pastor Willie uh, spoke about thanksgiving and praise, um, let's um, take a moment just to thank the Lord and just to praise him. You know, in your own way, just let's offer it up because he said enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. So we want to take this moment personally just to thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.